Welcome to the Compassion Parenting Podcast, helping moms to love wisely and well. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Wild, integrative pediatrician and mom of eight sons who continually challenge and teach me. Over the years, I've learned that rather than outward technique, it's the internal landscape of the heart that affects parenting more than anything else. Mothering is about being, not just doing. You have everything you need within you to become the parent you want to be. So let's bring it out. Today we have the pleasure of talking with Mike Iskandar. He is a fellow TEDx speaker and we met pretty recently after having published our talks at about the same time and we both talked about compassion. So Mike, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Mary. It's great to talk with you. So Mike's TEDx talk is entitled My Other Car is a Time Machine, a Journey Back to Self-Compassion. He is the founder of a social emotional learning program called Time Travel Journeys. And we are going to talk about a unique approach to self-compassion that Mike has developed. So Mike, if you could just tell us to begin with about your journey to self-compassion. How did you create this journey? Tell us what it entailed. Give us the backstory. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting to hear you present it like that because this, this whole journey started with a recognizing a lack of compassion for myself. I was just about a year and a half uh, before my 40th birthday, just at this place where I was asking the big questions in life. Uh, where did the time go? And who really am I? And what do I want to do next? Um, and I, I took these questions to a uh, meditation retreat and, mm-hmm. um, in Southern California and was in a one particular meditation. And I recognized this lack of compassion for myself from my childhood. And I had this very clear vision of age 12. And I just saw that kid right in front of me and pictured him and kind of went back to that time in my life. And what I saw in this kid was a lot of pain and sadness and almost hesitation to uh, connect with me or to look at me. Even. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, at first I was kind of taken aback by that, but then I remembered like how poorly I treated myself at that age. Mm-hmm. I, re- I remember my negative inner voice and the essentially the series of I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not cool enough. And in its worst form, telling myself I hate myself. And, you know, it hit me hard to, to reconnect to that. And there were, I think, two reasons that it hit so hard was one, just um, remembering that this like sweet 12 year old kid was developing that negative inner voice. And then secondly, I was realizing that I was still holding on to that. I was almost 40 and that hadn't actually gone away. It wasn't just remembering something from the past. I'm like, wait, I still do that. I still say those words. I still have that lack of self-compassion. And then I just had this uh, interesting experience of giving that kid that inner child within me, these two messages of one, I'm sorry, I apologize for the way I treated you. 
Um, and secondly was just this idea where I, I said, we're going to do it all again, but this time around, I've got your back. Mm-hmm. And, and what a change. Yeah. And what a change that was. And, to, and it was a shift, but I, I didn't even fully understand it. I walked out of there like, wait a second, what does that actually mean? We're going to do it all again. What, what does that mean? Um, you know, generally it's, yes, I, I wish I could have supported myself or I wish I could support that kid, but I just kept repeating that phrase in my mind and pondering on that idea of, of what if I could do it all again? And what would I learn about who I was in my past and what I could do for that 12 year old kid and who I am today and who I want to become in my future. And it just sparked this, this kind of time travel vibe. So I started thinking, (laughs) what if I could travel back to those, to those younger ages and without finding an actual time machine, I thought, what if I could just sit down and have a conversation with uh, one person from every age that I've lived so far and just to connect with someone living and experiencing each of those ages as kind of a medium to, to reconnect to who I was at each of those Mm -hmm. ages. So, um, went back to my hometown, Durham, North Carolina, approached the school that I went to, uh, this middle school where I was 12 years old and it's a a pre-K through 12 school and and just a beautiful school community. And, um, I pitched this idea of, Hey, could, could we find 40 people from this community, Mm -hmm. uh, ages one to 40. So a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and can I interview them <laughs> and just sit <laughs> down and, and talk to them about what it's like to be the age that they are. And so they quickly got on board this idea. We found the participants, which was mm-hmm. one and two were kids of, of friends that I've had uh, that went, I went to school with. Age three through 18 was one kid from every grade, and then 19 through 40 would be alumni. Wow. It was all kind of in that, in that same um, community and culture. And, and the question I always get is, how did you interview a one-year-old? And <laughs> was a, it was a really special one. For one, because it was the first, it, it officially started this and went from brainstorming to actually doing. Yeah. And secondly, it was really powerful because, uh, you know, I walked in there, kind of stumbled through the, the start of this, trying to figure out how I'm actually doing this project. And my friend was like, so, so how, how do you want to do this? How does this work? And I was like, I have no idea. How does your <laughs> normally do her interviews? Uh, and so what it ended up being, we just, we pulled together these two tiny wooden chairs in the corner of the kitchen and we sat across from each other. And mm-hmm. I just observed this, this one-year-old. And what I saw was just this incredible mindfulness and sense of wonder and this fascination mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. you know the the lights and and me and just like staring at my nose and you know, <laughs> touching the, the tissue and playing with her toys and you know hearing the sounds um eating little snacks and being like totally immersed in the in the taste of the snack and so mm-hmm. I was like wow what a state of being to be in yes. um, that mindfulness. And, and that's when that was like just the first clue there, there's something special here about seeing the world through a younger perspective. And yeah, and I just love how you actually did go back. You know, we, we always say right. if only I could go back, but you actually did go back and you, you reconnected with your 
hometown community and yeah and also it reminds me just about the therapeutic technique of sometimes we do struggle with having compassion towards ourselves for some reason but you yes. were able to turn it outward first and then reflect it back to yourself and that is so powerful i know there's a technique of you know writing a letter to yourself from the perspective of a close and nurturing friend or writing a letter to a friend that is experiencing exactly what you've experienced and what you'd say to them. And so often the messages are very different than what, what we're telling ourselves. And, and that recognition can be very powerful. And what was interesting is that, you know, I didn't have any techniques in mind. It was just this very organic process. And I first ran into that when I got to the uh, fourth interview, and mm -hmm. this is when I started getting into more uh, reciprocal <laughs> interaction, silly, sometimes silly and out there conversation, but real interaction and conversation. Yeah. And I sat, was sitting down with this four-year-old who, this four-year-old boy named Davy, and he reminded me of myself at that age and from the pictures that I was, you know, looking through from uh, at myself at age four, and you know, we're having these wild conversations and I'm asking him questions about, you know, his, what he likes to do and his fears and his family life and social life and um, what school is like. And I got to the, I got to the end of the interview and I said, Davey, what advice do you have for me as I turn 40? Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he just says, I like you. Oh, and I was like, it didn't kick in immediately because at first i'm thinking oh that's that's not what i was asking mm. um but then <laughs> as i settled into that answer i was like wow that's a very wise answer i like you and it yeah. was like and it, i was realizing it was like this younger version of myself giving me compassion telling me i like you that's so um, wonderful it was so it was just exactly what i needed to hear mm -hmm. from a younger version of myself Right. Yeah. And so, and I kept seeing that. And there was this really powerful experience of finding compassion for myself through another person that happened to represent every single age that I've lived so far. You know, sat down with a six year old, then the seven year old, eight year old, nine year old. And, you know, the first big thing was just seeing the, the magic of early childhood mm -hmm. and even, you know, different kids have different experiences. Um, but I think universally there is something, um, in a child in us that, um, is just something we envy. Like there, <laughs> there are, there's this abundance of qualities like imagination and creativity and curiosity and playfulness and kindness yes. and simplicity that just comes naturally to kids in those early childhood years. Um, and you know, that was awakened inside of me. Um, mm -hmm. and I mentioned in the Ted talk that the six-year-olds, um, asked her, you know, she was telling me about this secret hidden nest that mm -hmm. no one knows about. And I was like, can you show me this secret hidden nest? And she just walked me out to the middle of the playground and pointed to this old beat up tire, just laying mm -hmm. in the middle of the playground, old beat up tire. And the, the jaded adult voice in my head is thinking, that's it. That's the secret hidden nest. <laughs> her and her friends get inside this tire and they're playing with the pine straw and they're laughing and giggling. And, um, and I just 
like that six-year-old inside of me woke up. Mm-hmm. I could see what she was seeing. Um, and then there was, you know, that shift to the, the middle school years to see that transition of kids going from that magic of early childhood to you could just see this. It was like jarring to see that transition to these kids learning and expressing self-doubt and anxiety and um, insecurity. And like, you know, just in the same way that the four-year-old said, I like you. You know, when I asked the 13-year-old, what are your biggest fears? She was like, "That I'm afraid that the people I like won't like me back. Mm-hmm. And it was just this shift that took place. The 14-year-old uh, I was talking to, was he literally said, I, I hate myself. Um, and it took me back to the what started this whole journey was realizing that my 12-year-old self was saying those same words. Um, so, you know, this was a big shift. Uh, and then, you know, as we went into the, the teens and the 20s and the 30s, um, obviously just an amazing collection of, of people in this community doing amazing things, um, evolving in different ways, spreading their, their gifts into the, into the world. But we could all kind of see how we were still holding on to a lot of those insecurities from those middle school years um, and how we, there was something to, to heal and to fix. And I can tell from just hearing the tone in your voice and, you know, the smile in your voice about the appreciation you felt for these people and to be able to reawaken that appreciation for your past self as well. It's just so amazing. And with the parents that I work with in my compassion parenting group, um, I think that one of the most important things that, that I guide parents to, to be able to do is to reconnect in empathy with their children and also with themselves. Um, But it seems that empathy, having just an awareness of the experience is a precursor to compassion. Because if we haven't gotten in touch with the emotion and the state, then, then we can't even stand with it, which is like, literally what compassion is, it's standing with a feeling. Um, And so I think that it's, for parents and for individuals, I think it's a really powerful experience that you're describing. So I know that kind of the culmination of this experience was a birthday party. It was a celebration. And so tell us about that. I mean, we, we hear about, you know, people going through midlife crises and, um, and this just seems like such a joyful alternative. So tell us about the celebration. Yeah, it was amazing. So, so the, the final few interviews leading up to that 40th were really powerful because I was now, you know, catching up to my current age and I was, um, interview, my interviews were with some of the, the best friends that I had from my childhood mm-hmm. who were all around that. My, my brother and my best friends from, um, childhood who were all around that age 36, 37, 38, and 39. And what I saw in them was that like, you know, when you see a friend, a childhood friend and, and, or someone from a long time ago, and they're still the same, like you still see that same, like, it's still you. Yeah. I so saw in them that there is like this, this core essence and 
personality and soul that like never goes away, mm. the, like the childish sense of humor that never goes away. And so it was a really important clue that we can reconnect to who we were, right? And that's still within us. It doesn't just go away. There is something that we, there's a thread that continues from the start of our lives to what I would presume to be the end, but I know <laughs> by experience, by age 40, we were all still like those same kids were, were inside of us. And then, um, yeah, I got to age 40 and um, I was the 40th interview on my 40th birthday. Wow. And it was just like this really beautiful wrap up experience of, um, and, and the number one motivation, I'm like, I just want to get, and these interviews took almost a year. So it's like a year after I started. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to get everyone together on my 40th and just thank them and like <laughs> share how amazing this journey has been. And then it evolved into, wait, this, this can be the 40th interview. And instead of me doing the interview, uh, I'll have the people that I interviewed interview me and wow. kind of turn the tables. And so they were interviewing me about what it was like turning 40. And so we got everybody together, including, uh, you know, family and friends and teachers. And so I've got this room full of like the people I interviewed. And it's like this room full of my younger selves all together. And they're all asking me the questions mm-hmm. and we're reconnecting. Um, and I just had this amazing moment of looking out at these people at this room full of my, my younger selves and realizing so strongly that like so many of the hateful words that I said to myself, I would never say to these people, right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't dare say, you know, you idiot, or I hate you or, and, and so I realized like, wow, if I would never talk to those younger versions of myself like that, then I can't continue to talk to myself like this. Mm-hmm. And so it was this new awareness. And that was kind of that, okay, there's like a really interesting path to self-compassion here that gets away from the typical, like, look in the mirror and write down the qualities you like about yourself. Um, and it came from, you know, getting out of the now and looking back and mm-hmm. reflecting on the past and reconnecting, not to, not connecting to who I am now, but to who I was. And, and you talk about in, you know, in, in your podcast and you're writing um, the whole self, right? And, mm-hmm. the whole self. Mm-hmm. and I felt like, okay, this is the whole self, not just who I am now, but who I was. And then also who I want to become. Right. Um, all those are super important to, you know, to understand who am I now? Those include, you know, who I was and who I want to become. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. And I mean, I think about, cause I th- I'm an integrative pediatrician and I think of mind, body, spirit, and, but that expands it even more to think about mind, body, spirit now, and then, and that's just a beautiful expansion of the idea of wholeness. So I love that. I know you have a background in journalism and sociology, and it seems like this project is just a beautiful marriage of those two things. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about where this can go and where can it be applied? Yeah. So that was, you know, when I walked out of the the 40th interview, that was kind of the million dollar question. Okay. Now what am I going to do with this? Am I just going to, you know, tell the story of what I'd done so far, but I really felt this calling to like, I had 
accidentally found this really beautiful process and I want to share it and I want to enable others to experience it as well. And, and my heart was just wanting to serve those, those middle schoolers, right? And that mm-hmm. and continue to heal my own middle school self. And so my first instinct was I want to create a program for middle schoolers to see if I can bring them through this process. And so um, came up with this class, called it time travel journeys because time travel is cool when you're in middle school. <laughs> I got these small class, eight or nine kids. And I just came up with this um, kind of miniature version of what I had been through where I guide these kids um, through a journey through their own past um, and into their future. And then we look at, okay, how can those um, insights and discoveries from their past and future um, what effect can that have in uplifting their present sense of self? And this was very much an experiment in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing to see this experience. So I, uh, we started out, every kid designs their own time machine. Um, it becomes like their vehicle to explore the past and future. And you so actually like had a, them build it, right? Like physically. Yeah, they, so they were, they were sketching and building actual time machines. That's a great way to start and like get them excited about this, you know, exploration of the past and future. Um, and then we just went in chronological order. We went back through um, their baby years, their toddler years, their preschool years, their elementary school years. Um, and in each of those phases, they were, you know, pulling together photos of themselves. They were interviewing their parents and caretakers about what they were like at that age. They were doing hands-on activities like eating baby food and playing with play-doh and building <laughs> forts and so it was, it was very fun you know there's like depth and seriousness to this but I think it was really important that we, we never talked about self-compassion right we yeah. just went up, it took them back and they had such beautiful reflections um and learnings about who they were and you could see those qualities awakening in them and they just adored who they were when they were younger. I'm like, they don't know it, but this is self-compassion. They're loving themselves, right? Right. And it does <laughs> and then, seem like with teenagers and 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 older school age kids, sometimes it is more effective to just let the learning be organic and experiential yes. rather than trying to yeah. put it in a container and call it something official. And it just also reminds me of the experience as a parent of watching my kids look at their own photos from when they're a baby and something special happens. And I think that in our, you know, digital age, when we're not all printing pictures, I wonder if kids have as much access to really scroll through those Mm. those pictures. There's not something so physical and maybe we will have lost something on the other hand, you know, there's maybe more opportunity to have videos and, you know, this was you in your third grade concert and this, and and maybe sometimes kids have too much of that, that they don't value the individual pieces. So who knows? But, but what I do know is there's power in kids seeing pictures of them, you know, the past versions of themselves. Um, Yeah. They're seeing themselves. And then I would, um, and, and the photos part was fantastic because it, it was so easily accessible. Like yes. <laughs> the parents could be like, Oh, hold on. Let me pull that up for you. <laughs> like, True. Versus like, for me, it was like, okay, let me dig into the shoe boxes. And my parents, 
Um, yeah, they're connecting to themselves, those younger selves through the photos. And then I would also have them in the same way that I was interviewing these younger versions of myself, I would have them interview a preschooler or an elementary schooler. And that took them back as well. And then, you know, we caught up to the present time and then, you know, we have time machines. Why we can't just go back. We're going to go ahead. So then we go full second half of the journey Mm -hmm. is taking those qualities, those childlike qualities of imagination, curiosity, creativity, playfulness, Mm -hmm. and using those to now look ahead into the future. And so now having these middle schoolers explore high school. So they're interviewing a high schooler and they're, you know, envisioning what it would be like to get their driver's license. They get excited about that. And we visited a college campus, right? And they're interviewing college students, shadowing career mentors. And so one student's shadowing a classical dancer, another couple students are shadowing a music producer. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and just like they got so excited of their younger selves, Mm -hmm. they got super excited about their future selves. And, and again, it's like, don't tell them, but they're loving themselves, right? (laughs) Right. And just having forward, forward thinking is so cool. And to be excited, like, oh, wow, I'm going to be awesome when I'm an astronaut or a music producer or a dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I found, you know, in the big picture, I'm like, wow, when you give a middle schooler, an adolescent, and I think a lot of us can do this at, at a lot of different ages, when you give yourself a break from the, the present and mm-hmm. who you are now and appreciate who you were when you were younger and get excited about who you can become when you're older, it does something to your present sense of self that is magical. Um, and, you know, we're bombarded with these messages of um, be here now and stay in the present. And, um, but I, I don't think those phrases were invented by a middle school. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there is there, value. It, there it, is power in going back and looking. And it does come back to the now. So yes. to, the credit, to the credit of the of the yoga instructors and gurus that mm-hmm. um, encourage that. It does come back to the now, um, but this is just a different angles of building up the now. Yeah, so path. it makes a richness to the now that isn't present yeah. if you don't have the, the integration with the various parts of the timeline. If there are people listening who want to learn more about how to access the curriculum you've created for their child's school or for their school district, how is the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, so I would uh, encourage you to go to timetraveljourneys.com and I will have a um, time travel launch kit, a free download that you can um, access to, to kind of get a start to your time travel journey and, and see what that would be like to step into that and do the time machine design. Um, and then I would, you know, my dream is to work with more schools and organizations to implement this. I've been able to implement it as a workshop, a language arts unit, an elective class, a summer camp. So there's, it can be molded into a lot of different forms. And what I, what I'm really excited about is how this has become a full community experience and how, you know, there's obviously the, the students are going through this experience, but they're, you know, connecting to the, to the parents um, one of my favorite moments was when a parent said, thank you for this opportunity to connect with our boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's bringing parents and students together. It's bringing the teachers 
and the students bonding more because the teachers go through it with them. Um, and then you get this community element um, outside where you get anyone from a, a four-year-old preschooler to like a community um, mentor that can come in and you know advise these kids or college students or professionals. Um, and to speak to the parenting aspect again, because I know that's your focus um, mm -hmm. and you mentioned empathy before mm -hmm. and uh, talking to some parents, it's been really interesting for them to go through this and to see what this does for their parenting style and yes. to be able to um, relate, you know, when they go back and remember what it was like to be these younger ages mm -hmm. um, and they can relate more deeply to what their child is going through. One parent talked about how, you know, when there's a storm coming in and there's this parental instinct to say, don't cry, don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. And when this one parent thought about his own experiences as a child and reconnected to who he was, he could talk to his child and be more like, man, I remember when I was your age and it was really scary. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I know what you're feeling. I get it. And this is what I did to get through it. And it all turned out fine. And it's just a, it's a different approach with that, with that empathy, that ability to relate and connect. I love the angle that you take um, and the work that you're doing. And it, you know, this energizes me to um, keep this going and make it better and make it really relate to, to parents and kids that are, are on this journey as well, this compassion journey. Yeah, so I will put a link to your website and a link to your TEDx talk in the show notes. And thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Mary. Really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Compassion Parenting Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What resonated with you? What questions came up? Let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Compassion Parenting or within my free Facebook group, Parenting Well, Raising Compassionate and Productive Humans. Links are in the show notes. If you've gained insight from the time we've shared today, leave a review and subscribe. There's a quick how-to in the show notes. Have a blessed week. May you love yourself, your family, and the world wisely and well.